Hello and welcome to the Bree Bree Podcast. We're talking about Bree. Let's talk about all the Bree Bree time. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I know it's been a minute, but, you know, we're just going to keep on persevering and acting like nothing ever happened. And there wasn't a huge month gap with no podcast. Anyways, here is an interview with one of my clients, Tanya Menendez, who is, for all intents and purposes, a boss ass beep at <laughs> how to edit myself. <laughs> Uh, she's a CEO of a financial tech company called Snowball Wealth. And she is one of my clients, one of my graphic design clients. So I will be transparent about that. Um, but she talks about, you know, her experience as being a Latina in uh, tech and the finance world and some advice for anyone wanting to enter that field. So I hope you all enjoy. Welcome to the Brewery Podcast. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself today, my special guest? Yes, I'm Tanya Menendez, co-founder and CEO of Snowball Wealth. And it's basically a student debt app that helps you understand your student debt and find the best ways to pay it off. Yes, and just for um, ad purposes or something, so Tanya is one of my clients, y'all, so don't be reporting me to the FTC. This is not an advertisement for Snowball, but y'all should check it out. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to ask you today about just, you know, female entrepreneur in tech, because, like, I feel like everyone's about tech right now. And, like, first of all, what does that mean? Like, do you have to be, like, inventing cyborgs and stuff like that? Like, that's what I think. Do you, do you invent cyborgs, you know? Like, and, like, what's that, like? like yeah and I think that I'm glad you brought that up because I think that when people women in tech or working in tech they think about like being an engineer and being really technical but I've always been on the business side of um, of tech um, ever since I was in college I actually graduated with a sociology degree and originally I was focused on immigration research and then I started to get interested in tech and, and I liked how fast moving it could be. And I liked that you could still make an impact um, using tech. And, um, and then it's funny because I always, someone asked me like, oh, what's the common thread in your career? And the common thread has been like industries that are male dominated. Like I like going into industries where like, I think that there needs to be more representation and mm -hmm. I think the case, especially with tech and especially in finance. Those are two like heavily male-dominated industries, you know, which I've been told is only kind of true. <laughs> you know, you know, I only like things think of things as references to like television or movies because I don't leave the house, and now everyone doesn't leave the house. Yeah. I can imagine, like, do you is that how true is that? Like in finance world, like Wolf of Wall Street, are people just like? going crazy or they're just being like leo you know what i'm saying or like bringing like what they brought what did they bring a cougar into the office one time like they were crazy i mean i think that <laughs> so i worked after college i went to work at goldman sachs and there was definitely like people on the sales and trading floor that were similar personality as like leo in wolf of wall street and i mean you definitely heard about people like going to strip clubs and like you know, doing that sort of activity and doing a lot of drugs. And oh my so, God. So yeah. just, like being on your chest thing, like, you know, and like Matthew McConaughey, he just like beats on his chest and he's all like super skinny. 
Oh, I don't know. So I didn't, have, I didn't you have, seen that? have you seen the movie? Or are you like, oh, no, this is too real. No, I can't watch no, this. <laughs> and I, no, I never experienced that. And like, to be honest, in my division, it wasn't really like that. Because I was, in, um, basically, I was in operations, which made it, my project was like automating like parts of the bank. And so I wasn't on like the sales and trading floor, which is a lot more, there's a lot more men there. And mm-hmm. also in the banking division. So it just depends on like what division you're in. But I mean, it still was pretty male dominated. And, you know, one of the things that sticks out there is that um, it, it wasn't that much different from like my tech experience, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people that it was still like super male dominated. There weren't a lot of, people diverse people you know as a part of that too so I think that it wasn't that different um what I will say is that like in tech especially there's only three percent of um Latinos in tech um so I think that that's a place where we need to increase diversity and I think that like a lot of people become engineers to get into tech but I think I'm encouraged I encourage a lot of women in general that are in marketing or sales or um, operations to start to consider like working in tech too Mm -hmm. and it's more than just from my now understanding it's more than just like invent inventing like robots that's a part of it right people are making robots right we all know this We've seen Stargate SG-1, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I've been really watching Stargate SG-1. Um, but I think we, we forget about, like, you know, the business aspects of it and, like, creating apps um, and marketing and, uh, like, other, you know, financial, like, aspects of that. And I think people are intimidated because of, like, the whole idea of tech or, like, you have to be um, – I think there's a stereotype that, like, oh, all the nerds grow up to be, like, tech stars – and that all the jocks grow up to be like, well, like, you know, businessman, you know? So it's like two very, I feel like intimidating stereotypes that like a lot of women, especially Latinas, like are like, oh yeah, this is not a place for me. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, it's funny because when I was in New York, I was, um, I had a leather goods line back in New York and that's what made me quit my job at Goldman. And it took me, I think, like six months to convince my business partner slash boyfriend in New York to start a tech company with me. And really, like, I just had this idea that, you know, I wanted to start a tech company um, to make it easier to find factories in the U.S. And so I literally just Googled, like, how to start a tech company. And this is, like, in 2012. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I didn't even know anyone in tech at the time, but... I started to go to events and had some awkward moments. And then we applied and got into an incubator. And that's what really got us started in tech um, and helped us like understand all the components that, of what you need to do to start a tech company and then raise money for it. Um, so that was a really, I think that it took a lot of really awkward experiences to get through to um to actually start but I think that um that's also natural when you're like just going into an industry like you're gonna feel uncomfortable you're gonna feel like the dumbest person in the room and the least informed and I definitely was in a lot of instances but I think that if you stick with it over time you start to learn and then you start to master things and um 
and then everything starts to come together. So I think that just sticking with it is, is really important. Do you like agree with the whole fake it to make it like mentality? Because I feel I've seen a lot of that lately, like to combat imposter syndrome, but just fake it till you make it. Like, what is your opinion on that? I don't know if I like the phrase fake it till you make it. I like the phrase of like, it's it's okay to sit in un- like being uncomfortable. Because um, I have a hard time like lying and faking things. And so I just, you know, when I'm uncomfortable, I just kind of be quiet. <laughs> like if someone, I, I remember the first few events that I went to and, um, you know, I felt really out of place because I was sometimes like, one of very few women or one of very few people of color there. And um, I just, I think that if you just stand still and just like observe and just like try to do a few things at a time, it, it starts to like become easier and it starts to come together. But um, I mean, I don't think I ever faked it until I made it. Um, but I definitely what I start what I did start to but do was I did get oh. scared. Yeah, no, I did oh. get scared. Yeah. <laughs> I just I was just <laughs> But you still did it though. The thing that some people get scared of is that like either they go in super overconfident and like totally play like they know everything, or they get so intimidated by not knowing anything that they don't even try, you know? Yeah, yeah you're right. So I think that like I think that my advice is that it's normal to feel uncomfortable. It's normal to feel scared um, about what's going to happen and to do something new that you've never done before. But I think that continuing to push through despite being afraid is has been more of my method. Like, and I guess yeah, I think telling myself like, okay, just get through this step. Just is get through this you, step. Like, what is the actual action or like the thing that you tell yourself? Like, you know how like Eminem had a whole like mom spaghetti moment and he like hyped himself up on the trailer do you have a similar like what are you what do you do you look in the mirror and be like all right today and you point with your eyes to your face to your other eye in the mirror you're like today you're gonna do it don't get scared you might feel it but don't show it like what <laughs> what's your favorite ritual so so it's changed over time i think in the beginning when i first started i just to be honest i didn't really think about it like, I was just like, this is just what I really want to do. I don't care, like, if these guys are uncomfortable that I'm here. I don't care if they're, like, making fun of me or think my idea is stupid. Like, I don't care. I just really want to do this. Because at the time, my idea was, like, oh, I want to make a, a marketplace for American factories. And I would tell people that. And then they'd be like, oh, are there even American factories left? Um, and then they would, like, really scoff the idea. Um but I think like pushing past that and just like brushing it off was really important. And then, you know, later on it became what's now the largest marketplace for American factories. We have like 200,000 businesses on there now. Um, so I think that it felt good to like prove some of those people wrong. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and then I think that, their face. That's uh, for sure. It's the first thing you do. Well, I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> it just like, Politely. They like, you know, that I still did it b- despite like what they said. And then also that, it was, um, I did it despite what they said, but then also like it, it was something that I stuck with despite like someone discouraging it and then it still worked. So that felt good. But now what I do is I actually have these affirmations that I tell myself in moments. 
where I'm like, oh, like I'm feeling frustrated or I need to like do something I've never done before. Sometimes I'll like say these affirmations, which are like, here, I'll read them to you. I'm pulling it up. Um, one of them that I say over and over again is I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. And there's one other one that is really important to me. Um, my successes and failures do not define me. They grow me. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I think that seeing those two, those are the two like kind of mantras that I have that I say to myself over and over. And I literally, I have this app where I record my own voice <laughs> saying it. And then I just listen to it over and over really? again. And, I've never heard yeah. that. Yeah, so you have like a little soundtrack of like your your own hype up playlist, but it's you and you're yeah. like, and the, wow, okay, so it really is like mom's yeah. spaghetti. Wow, it's amazing. I've never actually tried and that. Then, you should try it. I mean, it's really like it's cheesy to say, but it also works really well. Um, I like that better than like writing the post post-its on your mirror like I mean I know that helps a lot of people I don't know if you've done that before like the affirmations but like I don't want people to know that I need affirmating like <laughs> I don't want them to come to my house and be like what the hell is going on are you like what memento trying to remember your memory and you look on there like love yourself like bitch like what are you doing like <laughs> what are you okay and that's just too much like I don't want you to know my business I'd rather be quietly on my phone where you don't look at you know <laughs> exactly so I like I you know I like I think it's pretty private and so I also like the hearing it over and over again because it kind of takes me out of my space you know just looking at it and I don't saying it out loud is like not always possible so you know if I had a bad meeting or if something bad happened or something like that I can just put my headphones on and just mm -hmm. listen to it no matter where I am so that's what helps and then I also have like a pump up playlist that what is I on your playlist? Top, top, <laughs> okay. top five songs or top three songs? Top three. Okay, so <laughs> let me pull it up. Uh, okay, I have some Lizzo on here. She's so empowering. <laughs> um, yeah, Lizzo. And then I have Earth King and I put a little Kanye. Um, have, have you heard of Earth King? No, Earth King? Earth, oh, Gang. Earth Gang. No, I've never heard of Earth Gang. What's what's that about? They have like my boyfriend put me onto it. Like they have like positive, like hip hop music. Okay, I thought um, it was gonna be like something, be like wind chimes and like <laughs> or like the wind <laughs> featuring the wind, and it's like and it's like a bunch of. <laughs> Okay, that makes, okay, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool, all right. And sometimes I'll get stuck on a few songs, so, like, lately I've been stuck on, like, Kodak Black. Okay. Tunnel Vision. Mm. Have you heard of that oh. song? But I've heard of Kodak Black. It's pretty Black. good. That's, wow, so it's kind of, like, a little bit aggressive music, no? Or, like, a little bit... Uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that's crazy, so I didn't even know that. So, usually you went from... You worked at Goldman Sachs, like financial things. I knew that. But then you went from leather goods and then mm -hmm. now student debt. Like, do you, I'm sure you talk about it all the time, but how did you get to like point A to point B? Yeah, so I did leather goods. We were selling um, like wallets and bracelets to like 50 stores and boutiques. And then I came up with the idea to start a company 
I convinced my business partner to do it with me, slash boyfriend at the time. And um, and then, so we started this tech company and we, we did that for five years and we raised like two and a half million dollars from investors and we now have like 200,000 businesses on the platform. And then me and I decided to, I wanted to do something new um, after spending five years on that. And then also me and my business partner weren't, you know, didn't agree on the direction of the future direction of the company. So I decided to move back to California and start a new business. And um, I've always, you know, I had always been interested in finance ever since Goldman. And I always thought it was way more confusing than it needed to be. Um, and I wanted to create an app to make it really easy to understand your finances and to tackle debt. Um, especially because after, after college, I overpaid on my debt. Um, my students had 30000 in student debt. I paid an additional 30000 in interest. And I just didn't really know my options at the time. And it was really difficult to research and time consuming. So um, student debt was one piece that I thought was really interesting. Credit card debt too. Like I had struggled with credit card debt when I was 18 before I was like really into finances. And then that's what really got me into like personal finance was going through that experience. So, so yeah, so I decided to, you know, after spending like almost 10 years in finance and tech, I was like, you know what, I really want to start this business to make it easier to, for people to start to save and to make the right moves with their money. So, um, so then I partnered with two other women here in San Francisco that were also, you know, one of them was in finance, the other one was a CTO um, type um, engineer. And uh, so together, you know, we wanted to build this app and so that's where Snowball came from. That is amazing. So I think people really want to know how real is Shark Tank? Like, is that, are there like leather chairs when you <laughs> and do they like just say, I'm out, like just straight up to your face? Like how real is that experience? So actually, <laughs> so there's a few things that are much different in Shark Tank than in like tech investing. One of the biggest things is the valuations. So like the valuations on Shark Tank are really aggressive so, you know, investors end up owning a lot of your business mm -hmm. in a lot of the deals that I've seen on Shark Tank, mm -hmm. where in tech, that's not usually the case. And there's usually like a market standard. So, you know, most people don't get screwed mm -hmm. as much on um, tech investments um, or when you take on investors there. But the bigger, the bigger thing that's different is that investors don't always tell you no to your face. And to be honest, I wish they would more because that would make it easier. Mm -hmm. For me, <laughs> like to say yes or no, are you in or are you out? Um, so that's what's kind of nice about Shark Tank is that like people tell you whether you're in or out right then and there. Sometimes, you know, there was one investor that I met that I met maybe like a year and a half ago and we had a conversation. She didn't really say no at the time. She was like, oh, we're not actively investing right now. Check back later. And then it wasn't until like a year later that she had invested or she invested in us. So, you know, take time sometimes they, you know, it takes time to build relationships. Um, and some, uh, on the other hand, there's just like a big variety. So there's one other person that invested in us recently that, you know, it was a 20 minute conversation and 
they didn't even see my deck or the product or anything. And then they decided to come in um, and invest oh, wow. in us. They're like, so, yeah, no, I'm in. Don't you want? Nope. That's fine. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay, bet. Uh, I guess I won't Listen, ask any more questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you sure? Wait, no, never mind. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll send you the info. <laughs> Here's my cash app. Exactly. <laughs> what if you, do you guys do investments to cash app? It's like, oh, just cash app me, and then there you go. No, it's all through wire transfers. There's, like, legal documents. Um, so it's all, like, really buttoned up. Um, but, but yeah, we, um, so it just ranges. Like, that's the range. Like, it, for some people, like, it took them a year, or, like, some people have known me for, like, five years, you know? they We've had long-term relationship not long-standing relationship um business mm -hmm. relationship and then other people that like literally i met for 20 minutes and then just said yes and they just signed the documents and they wire like the following week so that's like the range of what happens it's so it's much different than shark tank i would say and um yeah i think it takes a lot more research and preparation too to like to get these investors yeah because I feel like that's it's a whole at least for me I've only really seen this because you know I live in I live in Southern California I live in um in the Inland Empire right now not even in LA anymore but you know we kind of I don't I've never had that kind of experience of like knowing what that's like you know how is like the, the lifestyle in San Francisco and like these tech worlds like is everyone just wearing like, are they wearing glasses all the time? And they're, like, talk about, like, I'm just thinking of all the hipster stereotypes. Like, do they ride around on scooters all day? Like, what's the style? Like, what are they eating? Like, do they really just eat green juice? Like, I'm so, it's just a foreign, like, world to me. Like, I've been in San Francisco when I was a kid because I used to live in Sacramento. But we'd only go to Chinatown. That's about it. Um, so what is that? Like, what are some stereotypes that you can tell us are true? Or false? Well, I think that there's there's definitely some of the stereotypes, you know, I definitely see some of those characters mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. But I would say that, like, there's always, there's a ton of outliers. Yeah. And, um, but then some of the, you know, the stuff that you see on, like, the show Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, a lot of the stuff, I was just like, oh, man, they hit the, like, they did their research. They really did a good oh job God. on this episode. <laughs> so, like, a lot of it is true, and a lot of people in tech will say that too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, they definitely, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of the the things that they say can be true, but like, like any stereotype, you can't. It's not everyone, yeah. right? Like, I'm, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I think, um, well, you know, like the LA stereotype that you see in every show is that like everyone is just so vapid and everyone's like, oh yeah, like my producer said this or whatever. But if you really like ever been to LA or talk to people, the only people that talk like that are people not from LA and who think that people talk like that, you know, are trying to be an actor, which is like not everyone. It's a huge city. So like, I feel like the stereotype that I've always seen is like that they're like, nerds like there were nerds in high school that like are now like making a lot of money so now they're they're still nerds but they're just like always like they don't know a life exists you know which is like dumb like why, why do people write it like that but I feel like that is especially outside of California that really have no interactions with any sort of people like this like that I'm just wearing definitely I feel mm -hmm. sometimes that 
what I think, what I suggest for people listening and people thinking about starting companies, especially women or people of color thinking about starting companies, is like don't focus on the people that you know aren't going to be supportive or aren't going to be understanding or aren't going to believe in you because of your gender or background. I think that I, I try to focus on finding people that I think are super supportive, really excited about what we're doing and, you know, believe in us. So I just try to focus my energy on the people that are going to help us move forward as, instead of like focusing on everyone that, you know, I probably have gotten a lot of these comments or like things like that, that are, I've just, honestly, I've learned to brush yeah. off and move on. You know, um, like a dress shirt um, underneath a sweater, even though I'm sure it's kind of hot. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why I have that image of like someone wearing a sweater yeah. with a dress shirt underneath. I'm like, aren't you hot? Like, can you just wear a regular t-shirt? What's going on? Well, like, okay, so one one of the stereotypes that was true, that was, like, actually more surprising for me when I first got to San Francisco was one of my friends who was at a tech company, and she was telling me that they, her work, basically would go to a strip club for lunch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, because they have, like, a $5 buffet. It was called the Gold Club. And so they have this like five dollar buffet. That's a pretty that... good deal, though. <laughs> <laughs> deal. Was it, was it, wait, was it a strip club for yeah. women or was it a male strip club? I it was a women were stripping. Or, okay, and then she went or like she went and her coworkers went, and I was just like, isn't that just the most uncomfortable thing? Like, it, how are they not sued? Isn't that literally sexual harassment? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I said, that's what I said. I was like, you went. She was like, well, like. You know, all of the executives were going and I wanted to make sure she was an executive at the time. And so she just wanted to make sure that she didn't miss out on conversations and like stuff like that. And so or she was, you know, she was higher up. And so, yeah, so I think that those are some of the stuff that I was shocked that people had to do. But I think that some of that's changing ever since like the Me Too movement started. Like that's been really. It's like it's it, been, you kind of have to play uh, that. Like if you want to be like with the old boys club, you have to play by their rules. Which no matter how uncomfortable you may feel, which sucks. Like it shouldn't have to be like that. Or if anything, all right, if we're gonna go to a female strip club on Wednesday, we're gonna go to the male strip club on Thursday because that's called equality, baby. You know what I mean? Like they got a good buffet <laughs> too. You know, they got happy hour. Well, I mean that's part of what it is too. That there was no male strip clubs with like a five dollar buffet you know it was only yeah well i think that's a very thinly veiled excuse but yeah because <laughs> i've been to five dollar buffets that like have no strippers involved at all um which you would think too is probably not the most sanitary uh but oh I, again um <laughs> well, that's happened. i think that all of those companies are not going to do well that's, but that's crazy to think about yeah. that that was a real thing that really happened in real life Right. That's what I said. I was like, this fit, that sound, I was like, are you serious? And so I asked so many questions. I was like, are you serious? You went. And so I was just really surprised because I've never really done any of that or like had that sort of experience or even been pressured. To be honest, I've had really awesome coworkers. Even back at Goldman, I, I had really great coworkers. You know, when I started the tech company with Matthew that, you know, we had really great coworkers. I never really experienced anything like that. So I was just really surprised coming to Silicon Valley and seeing that sort of behavior was really, you know, going on. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, but I think things are changing. And the more you know, women in tech, and the more people in tech there, like people of color in tech, there are. It starts to. Um, I think it starts to change. Have you ever like um, heard of or been told any pushback from people? Because you're, you know, you very, you talk a lot about, you know, you're, you're very open about being. I'm a, it's a female-founded company, tech company. You know, we're also POC. Like that's a pretty like big important value on your company so if you heard any feedback or like pushback from that um so i think that's the that's the whole thing is that people are never going to say we're not going to invest in you because you're women like well, never happened to but do they do it like no one's even even like codedly <laughs> said it to you like oh no it's just a little too volatile or something like that like oh no like um no so i think people are pretty careful nowadays mm-hmm. Um, like, cause I, you know, I started snowball in the last year. So people have been pretty careful nowadays. I haven't gotten anything like that. What I have gotten is like, <laughs> I, I actually, I used to have our team fly to having like larger photos of us and I pulled up the team and I was describing the team and everyone was like really impressed, but I didn't say the gender of anyone else on the team. And so when I pulled up the team slide, one of, in one of the pitch meetings, like, the it was like three older white men they were visibly taken aback oh my god <laughs> like <laughs> literally moved out of their, like a little bit in their seats and they saw our team slide and so <laughs> i think that um that was the one time where i was like oh that, that i noticed mm-hmm. that um so you, you just very said subtle. like you just have your team like all like your like um like credentials and stuff like that and then they're like and yeah. then this is a team and they're like oh wait a minute these are all women <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute. Exactly. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, also even then, like the guy, like the men that were there were like very supportive mm. and like very nice. I think that they were surprised, I think, I right? Think like I think that's encouraging. That I feel like that the older generations, there are people trying to change and not like it's not all like just the big bad boogeyman. Like a lot of it is learned behavior, you know. So. That's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's still some, probably some unconscious bias. And in my personal experience, I feel like, because, because I'm like young, like I look like younger than my actual age, people have me less seriously. And I mean, I'm a goofy person. Like this is called the Breezy podcast because that's my name. but like I kind of like learned to like kind of like use it to my I guess quote-unquote advantage now but like for so long like people just would not so young and so I would like that's why I like my eyebrows thinner so I look a little more adult even though I'm a I'm a for real grown-up you know but (laughs) has that ever happened to you people like that that they say you look young or you you don't even know because you just don't even listen to those comments so (laughs) yeah I do um people get are surprised sometimes but I think people are starting to get better at that but to be honest like I I don't really unless it's like super blatant I try not to pay attention to it or I, I just don't pay attention you to just it. Block it out your mind. One, exactly like it just like I just try not to pay attention to it or listen mm-hmm. to it um but one t- there's been a few times that stick out in my mind where people have been really offensive um and 
You know, I don't even want to tell those stories because we've all heard them. And I think that it's just important to focus on like what we can do and not things that are out of our control. So yeah, I just try to brush it off and move forward because like if I focus on it, it gives them even more power and more energy. And I'm just trying to focus on like what's going to move snowball forward, what's gonna move like women and like the conversation forward too. Yeah, it's like I can't hear you with all this money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, brokers are like, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> uh, I guess more classy way to say that. Um, so you were recently, or I guess a few months ago, and then now this video talking about snowball. And I don't know if you want to like, since we're on the negative train, you want to talk about like some of the comments on. <laughs> Just Facebook really was the only one I, from my memory, right, that was kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was surprised because I was talking, I was actually pretty, like, I think I could have gone even leaned in more into, like, how difficult it is for women and people of color to raise money and to start to come But I thought I was actually pretty balanced. I thought you were, I thought in you were my, mad balanced. Yeah, and so, but I got a ton of these hateful comments and you know the now this team I think was pretty good about moderating some of them but I I was able to see a lot of them as they were coming in and people were saying that like how is she going to say that it's five times harder for women I actually think it's more than five times harder <laughs> listen I was so, being generous I gave y'all some math off so so know, how much so um, this is the Bree Bree podcast so how much times harder is it give us the real tea it's not five times harder, like well, 10 times harder. You look at the data. So, you know, women only get 0.3% of investment dollars um, that are out. And so I think that's how hard, I think that you can use that as a measure, like less than 1% of people are able to do this. And I definitely think that more than that are qualified and, um, and able to do it. So I think that that's one of the factors in it. So you, I mean, yeah, I did five times just as like a, a very generous yeah. <laughs> marker, but I actually think it's it's difficult right now for people that are trying to break mm -hmm. through. And then how much, and, so that's just for women in general, right? Not even counting like POC women or? Yeah, I mean, I think, so um, the 0.3% of investment dollars are for, we, oh. Latinx. Yeah, Latinx women. So that's the, that's how I think how difficult it is. And, you know, you see a lot of stories. I went to a, a dinner for women of color. You knew everybody there? Um, you knew I'm everybody sorry, what? there? Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know everyone, but I knew. I, I <laughs> I've seen you guys before. We could have just made this a group chat. <laughs> a lot of them, you know, hadn't raised or they were thinking about it or some of a lot of the people said they raised an angel round, but it was really, really mm -hmm. difficult. And really comforting to hear other people's stories um, there too, because then you, you're like, okay, I'm not the only one that mm -hmm. thinks this. <laughs> but um, yeah, but we got a lot of hateful comments on there, um, mostly around like just the, even the fact of it being more difficult for women than it is for men. Like men actually don't still believe mm. that. You know, what's funny is that like a, 
an acquaintance of mine, when I posted the Equal Pay Day um, post on Snowball, one of my, my acquaintances here in San Francisco like messaged me saying, hey, I think this is wrong. And I was like, no, those are facts. <laughs> You're like, I love that. no, those are facts. <laughs> You're like, no. He's <laughs> just like, the research must be wrong. And I was like, I sent him the research article. He's like, no, I think that this is skewed. And I was like, okay, like, I, I'm not going to take the time to argue with you, but you can take the time to research this on your own. You know, so, that's like, like a big thing. Like, I have. <laughs> Some of my friends, I'm not going to say no names, but they know who they are, really hate the whole idea of the, that we, that the whole, like, oh, equal pay is, they like, oh, no, that's the thing already. Like, what are you complaining about? Like, they think it's dumb that we even argue that, which I'm like, there's a lot of data on that. It's the worst data. I'm like, I'm like, here you go. We had an argument about it. And I think because they know personally, me, it's like always goes to a personal experience that they've had. The only way I can kind of like, I don't know if they're just trying to appease me or like trying to, you know, like stop the argument. But I'm like, listen, this has happened in my life where somebody got paid more or whatever, even though I had more education or more experience because, and it just happened to be that they're a man and I'm a woman. And they're like, okay, I guess it's true. Like they really don't, they don't want to understand it. Yeah. I think it's difficult for people to sometimes like wrap their heads around it if they're not you know, it depends on who they've been listening to and who they've been talking to. And I think, like, I don't, I try not to place blame on anyone. I think it's just about, like, some people haven't been, had that exposure, haven't had the same life experiences. And so, like, overall, I try to be understanding of that. So I'm not I love it. No, these are facts. <laughs> that, that's the best thing <laughs> um, yeah but but anyway i have to i have to go to a meeting um it was good chatting well, with thank you thank you for joining the brief podcast everyone please go follow um on instagram at snowball um and stay in touch all right thank you Thank you all for listening uh, to this Brie podcast. Make sure you give uh, Tanya's company a follow on Instagram and other social medias. It should be at Ask Snowball, like the regular way you smell snowball. Uh, this is your girl Brie Brie signing off. <laughs> I never say that, but I guess I'll start now. Okay, goodbye.